check out our websites, BibleQuery.org. This site answers 7,700 Bible questions. HistoryCart.com. This site reveals early church history and doctrine proving Roman Catholicism is not historically or doctrinally viable. MuslimHope.com. This site is a classic refutation of Islam, a counterfeit religion created by Muhammad. Free newsletters are also available. Hello, this is Larry Wessels with just a quick message to our viewers to check out our main YouTube channel, Sea Answers TV, which stands for Christian Answers Television, where we have all of our over 610 videos posted. By going there, you can see all of our videos organized by playlist, categorized by subjects. Once you scroll down past our Bible Prophecy trailer at the top of the channel page, the playlist begin. You'll see our recent uploads playlist, followed by our most popular videos playlist, followed by our playlist on Jehovah's Witnesses, then Islam, the Muslim religion, then Roman Catholicism, Darwin's metaphysical evolution religion, Seventh-day Adventism, dealing with anti-Trinitarians and early church history, our multiple playlists, which includes God-hating atheists, phony TV preachers and King James onlyists, dealing with UFOs, ghosts, spiritual warfare, our radio shows with national Christian authors and our music vids, the black Muslims, Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, Mormonism, hell, lake of fire, unpopular Bible doctrines, antichrist, cults, new age and world religions. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, and Spanish videos, end times, supernatural prophecies, and tough Bible questions, and our playlist dealing with predestination, Arminianism, and Calvinism. Our YouTube channel is built to help people learn the Bible and defend their Christian faith against false prophets that come against it from every side, Jude verses 3 and 4. At the time of this recording, our channel has already been blessed with over 6 million viewings and over 10,000 subscribers. And now, for our main video presentation. I was a very devout Catholic for 34 years of my life and believed that um, I was on my way to heaven. At age 34, I attended an evangelical seminar and for the first time I heard the gospel clearly presented that I could know with absolute assurance the moment I died I could be with my Savior Jesus Christ. It was a three-day seminar and along with hearing the gospel for the first time, 
I also heard why the Bible needed to become my authority in all matters of faith. So I uh, began to have a hunger for the Word of God. The more I read the Word of God, the more I realized that the biblical plan of salvation was totally different from the Catholic plan of salvation. So ultimately, I had to choose where I was going to put my trust in the teachings and traditions of men or in the Word of God. It became a very easy decision once I narrowed it down to those two choices. And I'm not really sure when God saved me, but... Uh, the journey began at that three-day seminar. Well, my last year of seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary, a um, young man came in with a video called Catholicism, Crisis of Faith. And as I watched the video during that class at Dallas Seminary, I realized that this is a video that I needed to share with all of my Catholic friends. So I brought it home and shared it with my wife. We began inviting every Catholic we knew over to our home on Tuesday evenings. So for the next three months, every Tuesday evening, we showed the video. And uh, when we exhausted our list of all the Catholics that we knew, we started asking our friends, do you know any Catholics? Because we need to show them this video. We never set out to start a ministry, but as the months went by, 17 Roman Catholics renounced their Catholic faith and put their trust in the all-sufficient Savior. So then, recognizing that we now had new babes in Christ, we began inviting them back for Wednesday night Bible study to teach them, to help them grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was through those evenings together in our home that these new babes in Christ began asking us if you could put something in writing where we could share it with our Catholic family and friends. And so that's when our newsletter began. Shortly thereafter, a website was created, and... Um, now uh, the ministry has gone throughout the world, 35 foreign countries. Uh, our website now is approaching 1 million hits. And so we recognize that there is definitely a need for the gospel to go forth to Roman Catholics on a very personal level. Recently, Catholics have been redefining evangelical terms. And so oftentimes when an evangelical will confront a Roman Catholic in their unbelief, the Catholic will tell them that they believe they're saved by grace. Turns out that that grace is not the unmerited favor of God, but it's grace that they must merit through receiving the sacraments and doing good works. And so as you engage Roman Catholics in discussions on spiritual matters, they have been trained to use evangelical terms that have been redefined in, in Catholic theology. And so as we go out to encourage and equip evangelicals to share the gospel with Catholics, they need to know not only about the Catholic faith, but also how they've redefined some terms. We offer different litmus tests that they can ask Catholics, such as if a Catholic tells you that they're saved, then you ask them, do you still believe in purgatory? Because if they believe in purgatory, then they haven't heard a clear presentation of the gospel. They haven't heard that Jesus Christ is sufficient to purge them of all their sins, to purify them. And so uh, why a ministry devoted to Roman Catholics? Because it represents the world's largest and most neglected mission field. Over one billion Roman Catholics are lost. And so it's the most neglected mission field because recently evangelicals, highly visible evangelicals have come out to say that Catholics are brothers and sisters in Christ. They need not to be evangelized. So we really do 
have a very uh, needed ministry to encourage and equip evangelicals to reach out to Catholics. Well, the main difference and the most critical difference is that of the gospel. The Roman Catholic plan of salvation is a false gospel that leaves Catholics with a false hope that their sins have been forgiven. As I mentioned in my testimony, I believed I was on my way to heaven. Why? Because I'd been baptized as a Catholic and because I was doing all the religious rituals that they told me were necessary for heaven. It's a false plan of salvation. And so the major difference between Catholicism and biblical Christianity is the gospel. We know there's only one gospel. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, if anyone comes preaching a different gospel, let them be eternally condemned. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other name under heaven given by which men can be saved. And so that is the major difference. Uh, Catholics are on the wide road to destruction. As evangelicals, we need to point them to the narrow gate that leads to eternal life. The biblical gospel is outlined in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 4, where Paul says it is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures, not according to Catholic tradition. The Catholic plan of salvation starts at infant baptism, where a baby has not the capacity to believe, but yet they are said to be regenerated, to be born again of the Holy Spirit simply by the priest sprinkling water on their head. This is a false hope, again, that a Catholic has because we see in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, that a person is saved not because of any human decision, but they are born of God. So um, after a Catholic is sprinkled with water, he is born again, then he must maintain his salvation by doing good works, by obeying the law, if he commits a serious sin, a mortal sin, then he loses his salvation. He, no, he must now be re-justified, confess that mortal sin to a priest, say prayers for penance, and then uh, be absolved of his sin. He must then participate in the sacraments, receive the Eucharist, and he is under obligation to perform all the Catholic rituals in order to maintain his salvation. So when you look at Catholic theology, the Catholic plan of salvation, it is based on what a Catholic does for God rather than what God does for the sinner. Well, the Judaizers believed that Jesus Christ was the Savior, that he died for the sins of the world, that he was part of the triune Godhead. All they wanted to do was add one simple requirement to the gospel of grace. They said, you must be circumcised placing them under the law. And so what's wrong with the sacraments? That's no different from what the Judaizers tried to do, add one thing to the gospel of grace. Well, the Catholics over the last 1,600 years have not only added baptism as a necessary means of salvation, but they've also added good works, obedience to the commandments, receiving the sacraments, um, going to Mass, being a member of the Catholic Church, all these requirements have been added to the simple gospel of grace. Paul made it real clear in Romans 11:6. He said, if you mix grace with works, then grace is no longer grace. And so grace is the only means by which God saves sinners. 
Anyone who attempts to merit that grace through their good works has nullified the only means by which God will save them. The Jesus of the Catholic Church is impotent and powerless to save Catholics completely and forever. It is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible, by one sacrifice, he paid the penalty for all sins. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 2 Corinthians 5.21, where we see that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Catholics seek to obtain their own righteousness because they know not the righteousness that comes from God. They have a zeal for God. Many Catholics are very zealous for God, but their knowledge is not based on biblical knowledge, and so they seek to obtain their own righteousness. If we will simply lift up the all-sufficient Jesus Christ to Catholics, the Jesus of the Bible, it will destroy every false doctrine, every false gospel that's out there. The sufficiency of Christ... He paid the complete penalty for sin. There is no need for purgatory. There is no need for indulgences, which Catholics say is the remission of temporal punishment for sin. If Christ is lifted up in all of his sufficiency, paying the complete penalty for sin and offering his perfect righteousness that he earned on this earth by obeying all the commands of the law, then uh, the Catholic Jesus will be destroyed. So we must preach... Jesus Christ not only is sufficient but also is necessary and also is efficacious. What he did on Calvary's cross was efficacious for saving completely those who come to him with empty hands of faith. There are born-again Christians that worship in the Catholic Church but they're no longer Catholic. A Catholic Christian is an oxymoron because it's impossible for you to believe two diametrically opposed principles at the same time. A Catholic who hears that Jesus Christ is sufficient and repents of his dead works, repents of the false gospel of Catholicism, and believes the true gospel is no longer a Catholic. He has now become a Christian. So yes, there are born-again Christians in the Catholic Church, but the Holy Spirit has not led them out of that false religious system yet. Well, the Catholic Church... Um, really hasn't used the terminology saved uh, until recently. They've become more evangelical. Uh, they don't like to use the word born again either. They will simply say that uh, through baptism you become adopted as a child of God, that you are imparted with the divine nature, that your sins are washed away. But um, how is a Catholic saved? He's saved initially by baptism but he is only saved until his next mortal sin. The gospel is good news because it is salvation unto eternal life. But in Catholic theology, it's temporal life. You're only saved as long as you obey the commandments. A mortal sin, uh, you lose your salvation and you must now be re-justified and go through this whole ritual all over again. Uh, the evangelical and Catholics together accord has affected our ministry greatly. Uh, in the accord, we are told not to proselytize Roman Catholics anymore, which in simple language means do not proclaim the gospel to them. It also goes so far as to say that Roman Catholics are our brothers and sisters in Christ. If that is a true statement, then we need not to evangelize them. The ECT accord says that we must go out and 
evangelize the world together. So uh, this has uh, caused our ministry a lot of difficulty because many evangelicals today are influenced by the signers of ECT. They're influenced by Chuck Colson, Bill Bright, J.I. Packer. So a lot of pastors and evangelical churches today um, will not have us in to encourage and equip their saints to reach out to Catholics because they're influenced by the signers of ECT. Why can't evangelicals and Catholics join hands to evangelize the lost? Quite simply because they carry two different Gospels. If you went out door to door witnessing with a Roman Catholic as an evangelical, the evangelical would proclaim the biblical Gospel. The Roman Catholic would then say, you must be baptized. You must receive the sacraments. You must do good works. You must obey the commandments in order to be saved and to maintain your salvation. Two different Gospels. So that is a question that we have asked Bill Bright. Well, what do you proclaim when you go out with a Roman Catholic? Do you proclaim the Catholic plan of salvation or the biblical plan? They're diametrically opposed. One is by grace. The other is by human effort. One is by divine accomplishment. The other one's by human achievement. They're two entirely different Gospels. No, a Catholic uh, commits the sin of presumption if he says that he has eternal life. The reason a Catholic can never know is because he never knows if he's done enough good works or performed enough rituals to appease the wrath of God. A Catholic uh, spiritual journey is based on what he does for God rather than what God has done for him through Jesus Christ. So a Catholic can never know. As a Catholic, I never knew when a venial sin became a mortal sin. I never knew, for example, uh, when you crossed the line, when the sin became serious enough to send you to hell. The Catholic religion is a very complex religion. I've often said you need to be a Philadelphia lawyer to interpret some of the indulgences, some of the rules concerning indulgences, the remission of temporal punishment for sin. I believe the Roman Catholic Church is the engine behind the ecumenical push for unity that we see today. Ever since Vatican Council II, the Catholic Church has been building bridges, bridges not only into the evangelical camps, but also into all the world's religions. You cannot pick up a paper each month without seeing the Pope talking to the Muslims or the Buddhists or the Hindus. Uh, saying that we have a common spiritual bond together with you. Uh, the Pope is trying to bring all people under his power and influence, not just uniting Christianity, but all the religions of the world. And this shouldn't surprise us because we see in the Bible that it is prophesied that there would be a one-world religion. There would be a false prophet that would one day point the world to the Antichrist. The only religious figure on this earth today that carries as much influence to point the world infallibly to a political figure as the Antichrist is the office of the Pope. He has one billion people that follow his infallible word, plus he has a lot of Protestants that also look to him as the spiritual leader of all Christianity. The advice I'd give to an evangelical that wanted to witness to a Roman Catholic is, number one, prayer. 
Uh, pray that God would give them the words to say, that God would open the Catholic's heart to understand the gospel. Pray for open doors. Uh, pray that uh, the gospel could be proclaimed with clarity and conviction. Uh, I would next uh, lead them down the Romans road. In Romans 3.10, we see that there are none righteous, no, not one. Oftentimes, when you ask a Catholic how they hope to get to heaven, they will point to their good works, that they hope they're good enough to en enter into heaven. So Romans 3.10 will nip that in the bud right away. Then you take them to Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ask them, does that include you? Before I take them to the next verse, I ask them, do you know what God demands as punishment for sin? Every Catholic I've ever asked that question to does not know the answer. They do not know what the holiness of God demands as punishment for sin. So I ask them that. Then I take them to Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. What does that mean? Many Catholics would believe, well, that's physical death. We're all going to die. So you take a little detour off the Romans road. You take them to Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. Show them that the second death is the eternal lake of fire. That's what God demands as punishment for sin, eternal separation from him. That's bad news. But then you bring them back to the Romans road for the good news. Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated his love and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You've recognized you're a sinner now. You recognize what God's punishment is now. That's why Christ died on Calvary's cross as your substitute to pay the punishment that God demands for your sins. You ask them, how would you appropriate this to your life? Take them to Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you shall be saved. Can you do that now? Do you believe in your heart now that it's not your good works and your righteousness that will get you to heaven, but it's coming to the cross with empty hands of faith, making Christ your sin bearer by faith, taking on the punishment that you deserve? Can you do that now? Let me just follow up on that. Um, very importantly, uh, it's, an, it's important to, as you're pointing Catholics to the Romans road, to ask them to read the scriptures out loud and then ask them, what is God teaching you there? The reason this is important is because Catholics are often taught not to believe what a fundamental might, fundamentalist might say or what an evangelical might say. Just tell them that's your interpretation. So if you ask a Catholic to read it out loud and then ask them what God is teaching you there, you've removed yourself from the equation. It's between them and God where it needs to be. Our website is www.pro-gospel.org. Pro-gospel. We are pro-gospel. We're not anti-Catholic. In fact, uh, my burden is to reach as many Roman Catholics in this life because I share a burden for those who are where I was for many years of my life, believing I was on my way to heaven but yet destined for a Christless eternity in hell. So it's my deep love and my deep compassion for Catholics that motivates me. And on our website, we offer uh, all of our back issues of the newsletter. We offer tips on how you can witness effectively to Roman Catholics. Um, we also 
offer different videotapes and audio tapes, um, books. We call them uh, tools for evangelizing Roman Catholics. And so we also offer a bulletin board on our website, which gives Catholics an opportunity to come out and ask questions. And so we engage in a dialogue with Catholics and uh, hopefully share the gospel with them so that they can come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. The way I answer that is simply that uh, we are commanded to go out and to proclaim the gospel, to teach the lost everything Christ has commanded us. We're also called to earnestly contend for the faith. That means to contend against anything that sets itself up against the glorious gospel of grace. So we're commanded in Ephesians 5.11 to expose the evil deeds of darkness. Um, Christ warned us that there would be false teachers and false prophets and false Christs coming on the scene to deceive even the elect if possible. So if we don't earnestly contend for the faith, if we don't point out who the false teachers are and who, what the false gospels are, then people will, be de de people will be deceived and end up spending a Christless eternity in hell. We must get the truth to them. We must lovingly confront them with the truth of the gospel. If you're a Roman Catholic watching this video, I would ask you to read the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, the word believe appears 98 times. In the Gospel of John, we see what happens if a person believes Jesus Christ. We also see the terrible consequences for those who do not believe Jesus Christ. We know that God will judge sin in one of two places either at Calvary's cross or at the great white throne. Jesus Christ welcomes you to make him your sin bearer. You can cast your sins upon him by simply trusting him as your substitute. Anyone who rejects Jesus Christ as their all-sufficient Savior will have to pay the eternal punishment themselves when they meet him at the great white throne judgment. Only a fool would reject Jesus Christ as their Savior. One of the great illustrations I give Roman Catholics as to what they must do. Imagine for a moment that you have monkey bars suspended over hell and you as a Roman Catholic are clinging to the different rungs. The rung of baptism, another rung of good works, a rung of sacraments. All your life you're clinging on to these rungs with all your energy hoping to keep yourself out of hell. Imagine for a moment Jesus suspended between the monkey bars and hell. He's saying, let go of those things that can't save you, and I promise I will. But as a Catholic, you must make that decision now. You must let go of the things that can't save you so that Jesus will. If you're still holding on to those rungs when you die, Jesus won't be there. You must make a volitional decision to let go and let Jesus save you. This is Larry Wessels, Director of Christian Answers of Austin, Texas, Christian Debater. And I'd like to let you know 
that free newsletters are available from our ministry. Just email us at cdebater at aol.com and give us your mailing address and we'll mail them out to you for free. You can also call us at 512-218-8022 and leave your address there. You can also access all our newsletters online by going to one of our three websites called BibleQuery.org. Once on the homepage, simply click on the Experience box and then scroll down to the newsletter section as shown here. Since our number one most watched video of the over 548 videos we have produced for YouTube at the time of this recording is Unpopular Bible Doctrines number one, The Biblical God No One Wants to Know, with over 433,000 viewings, our latest newsletter is called Unpopular Topic, How Sovereign is God. Our second most viewed YouTube video is Six-Year-Old Wife of Muhammad was okay by the Muslim God Allah, but not by the Biblical God of Jesus, with over 341,000 viewings. We also have three newsletters available on Islam. Our video, Debate, Larry Wessels versus Two Jehovah's Witnesses at a University Study Center, currently has close to 150,000 views. See our newsletter on the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, Deceived Deceivers. Our video, Is Jesus God Almighty in the Flesh, meaning the second person of the Trinity, or is he something else, has over 101,000 viewings. See our newsletter, Testimony to the Eternal Godhead, the Trinity. Our video, Biography, the famous 19th century Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, a man of God, has close to 89,000 views. See two of our newsletters with lead articles from Sermons by Spurgeon. Our video, UFOs, Ancient Aliens or Beings of the Fourth Dimension, number one, fact or fiction, has over 207,000 viewings. Not only do UFOs and the occult use the same disciplines such as levitation, teleportation of objects, psychokinesis, clairvoyance, automatic writing, and telepathy, but their theologies are completely foreign to biblical Christianity. UFO theologies include everything from reincarnation and evolution to man achieving cosmic godhood, but they do not include Jesus Christ as the only mediator between God and man, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. We have two newsletters related to the world of the occult to which UFOs are a part. Our video, Former Roman Catholic Bride of Christ Nun Testifies of Abnormal Life in the Convent, has over 67,000 viewings. Our video featuring former Roman Catholic Rob Zins, who has a Master of Theology from Dallas Theological Seminary, historical split between Roman Catholicism and the Christ of the Scripture, man's word or God's word, has over 53,000 viewings. 
See our two newsletters on the subject of Roman Catholicism. Our video, Cult of Ellen G. White, number one, Beginnings of the 19th Century Religion, called Seventh-day Adventism, has over 48,000 viewings and features former Seventh-day Adventist Wallace Slattery, who has 44 years' experience with this religion. Our playlist, called Dealing with Seventh-day Adventism and Their Prophetess, features 15 videos with 14 hours of material. See our newsletter, Seventh-day Adventism, True or False. For theological music lovers, see our video, Favorite Old-Time Christian Bluegrass Gospel Music, Psalm 98, verses 4 and 5 with over 214,000 viewings. We have also posted several music videos by my own daughter, Marlena Wessels, from her CD, Win This Fight, songs she has written and performed herself. To see our music videos, please go to our main YouTube channel page, scroll down to our multiple playlists, arrow over to our playlist called our radio shows with national Christian authors and music vids. Once there, scroll down to the bottom of the playlist where the music videos are listed. I could go on and on, but this should be sufficient for now. Don't forget to check out our main YouTube channel, See Answers TV, which stands for Christian Answers Television, also which has over 19 playlists by topic as you scroll down our channel page.